Hi guys, it's Kara, host of Everyone's Business But Mine. And let's be real, one thing that makes the show possible is by selling sponsorships to advertisers. One way you can support us in getting more sponsors is by telling us a little bit more about yourself. You can do that by filling out a quick survey at the link in the show description. Plus, your answers are anonymous. They'll help us learn what you love most about the show and how to make it even better. The questions will ask you about the things that help advertisers understand the audience. It'll only take a few minutes, and it's an easy way to help the show. So you can find the link in the show description. Thank you so much, and stay tuned for the rest of the show. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. I'm sorry I'm sweaty. I'm very sick. I just wanted to take a break from being sick to say that it's very objectively funny that John Mulaney and Olivia Munn just broke up. And I hope I'm the one to break that Welcome to another episode of Everyone's Business But Mine with me, Kara Berry. Hope you guys are doing well. Um, little announcement, I guess, is that there's no announcement yet. <laughs> I have now become one of those bitches who can say that I have good things happening behind the scenes and you'll find out about them in the very near future. But because of that, there are some like tech issues or not issues, but like tech things that have to go on behind the scenes. And so I'm not able to recap Potomac and Salt Lake this week, but we got a good episode. It's, you know, there are light things or heavy things. It's, you know, we're at the countdown of spooky season. So you get what you get, you know, this is, this is what we're working with. Um, Let's start with the show. First of all, an announcement. If you are, um, you know, a Bravo fan, check out this uh, podcast that I did. It's called Is This Real Life with Mandy Slutsker. We talked Beverly Hills, Potomac. I think we talked Salt Lake. I mean, just it was like a Bravo Bonanza winter house, uh, the whole shebang. It was so much fun to talk to Mandy. So yeah, again, check out the Is This the Re- Is This Real Life podcast. Um, let's get into our girl of the week, y'all. And I think... It's like a two-pronged girl, as as it usually is. I usually try to get just one person, but it's been ramping up. Things have been ramping up, and there's always, you know, 
where there's one girl, there's another girl. There's many, many girls. My girl is a personal one. It's not that personal. <laughs> it's personal in the sense that I tweeted about it on my personal account. That's that's what I mean by personal. Um, it, my girl's going out to Kravis, Courtney and Travis. As you guys know, it's been a, just a whirlwind week of their engagement. They will not. They are just like firmly on our necks about this. They will not let us um, uh, forget. And so this really could not have happened at a worse time for me because or really for them or for pop culture as a whole, because here's the thing. Um, Courtney is at her core, a Disney adult. Okay. And I don't want to offend any Disney adults. This is just the truth is that like a lot of you guys tend to come from theater backgrounds and you know, y'all like to y'all like attention. Okay. And that's fine. We listen, who, who are me to judge miss for podcasts a week. I like attention too. With that being said, Courtney is that definitive, that um, almost dangerous mixture of Disney adult and uh, Halloween enthusiast. And now that she's engaged and she can really dive deep on those couples costumes that she hasn't really been able to do since she did Bonnie and Clyde with Eunice. Um, oh, girl, this is I hope you guys are prepared. I hope y'all are prepared for all of the photo shoots that are going to happen. And now that we know, like. As a Kardashian, um, uh, somebody who has a PhD in Kardashian Jenner, I'm going to tell you guys, I'm warning y'all now, y'all know that they are good for a Halloween photo shoot. Uh, they are good for like a full on costume, but they don't go outside of their, um, uh, compounds. This is what Courtney has been waiting for. This is her moment. She is going to show the fuck out. Okay. And Travis is being dragged with her. Okay. Um, this costume that they did as Sid and Nancy, which I think is serving as like part engagement announcement, part Halloween costume, part just Courtney really leaning into her, uh, you know, hot topic goth phase. Guys, girl, come on. First of all, <laughs> let's just, we all know that we do not exist in a world in which Courtney Kardashian knows the story of Sid and Nancy, like truly knows the story of Sid and Nancy. If you guys don't know the story of Sid and Nancy, here, here it goes. Bullet points. Um, drugs, punk rock, woman not good for a man, man worse for woman, uh, abuse, drugs, drug, drugs, needles, alcohol, stabbing, death. Okay. They both end up dying. <laughs> he was a shitty person. They were both out of their mind, just fucking zooted on uh, whatever they could get their hands on. And they ended up just like a tragic, tragic situation in which two people, two young people ended up dead. Okay. So Claire Parker of the Celebrity Memoir Book Club brought up a great point last week, which is that when you don't get that high school, college, immature, obsessed, all-consuming, oh my god, we're like, you know, you're lifting my, lifting me up in the rain and we're making out, just like that intense, intense relationship, this happens later in life, and it's sad, and it's not great. Now add in the money and the fame that Travis and Courtney have, and this is what we get. <laughs> Courtney contouring her face to look like Nancy Spungen murder victim okay I, what was you know, like i just want 
Like so many people, I just want five minutes. And I've been thinking about this with like Kanye and, and Kim, like just five minutes where we really see them have a conversation about anything, about anything that doesn't have to do with their lives. Like what did Courtney and Travis talk about other than like how obsessed they are with each other? You know, <laughs> have you guys seen the TikTok of that girl? She's like, Trav, Trav, look at me, Trav, look at me. <laughs> Is this punk rock? Can I wear your beanie? It, it. It's funny because it really seems like that's probably what the case is, you know, like, Trav, I put on black uh, uh, nail polish today, okay? So punk rock. <laughs> I hate their love. <laughs> I always have. I'm, I'm tapped out. I, you know, I tried to be nice because I'm trying to be a better person this year, but I can only take so much and I'm done. I'm done. So with that is a two pronged girl. And we're shifting gears to all of the girls, all of the recent high school graduates, all of the recent um, rising or, you know, um, whatever you call it when you're about to go into college, freshmen or sophomores of Southern California, watch your back. Scott Disick is on the prowl. It came out, of course, all of us have been seeing what's going on with Scott and Shanna Mochler. Did you guys see Shanna Mochler, Travis's ex Travis's ex-wife, the day, within 24 hours of their uh, engagement announcement, she posted on her Instagram stories, like, clothes for spiritual maintenance. (laughs) Babe. (laughs) Babe. But anyway, people have been watching, trying to see what Scott's up to. Um, And he was spotted outside of Hide Not Club with uh, another just, I mean, you know, I guess we could do... uh, this is my, if you can hear it, half a clap for Scott for not dating a 19-year-old this time. She's 20. So you know what I call that? Growth. You know? Um, so, girl, girls do better. I mean, listen, if I were like a pretty little 19-year-old thing, do you think I'm not going to bag Scott Disick after a night at the club? Of course. You take your little talent, you know, his like, whatever collection of talentless hoodies he has, and you go, you know? you go I can't wait like can we just do a, an official clock countdown for the day that Mason gets like unfettered and unmonitored access to the internet that's that's gonna be a moment for us all that's that's gonna be the moment that the Kardashians break the internet I can tell you that right now um I can't wait for the moment where just like like I'm really trying to tap into Mason the Mason of it all like he's what 12 and I'm just imagining like the skinny, fully tattooed dude who I'm just constantly walking around the house and seeing like him shoving his tongue down my mom's throat. Like, can you imagine? <laughs> Poor thing. <laughs> Penelope's got to be going through it, y'all. She really does. Oh, that poor, poor girl. Um, Let's move on to another messy couple that I haven't really talked about, but I'm like, I'm as they're coming out, I might be invested. And that is Olivia Munn and John Mulaney. Now, there have been a few times where I'm writing the notes for this podcast and I'm like, should I talk about them? Eh, I don't know. Because John Mulaney is a perfectly fine comedian. He's funny. I would say solidly funny dude. But I don't follow his career. So, when I see the like headlines about him, I'm interested, but I'm not that invested. But now I'm like super invested. So here's what has been happening. I'll just give you a short timeline of, of what's happening. So 
you guys know, many of you know that with John's relationship situation over the past year, it has sparked this conversation about parasocial relationships. And I think it's so interesting. And I'm sure so many podcasters before have written think pieces about this. So I'm not going to fully bore you with my thoughts on it, but here they are. I'm going to bore you with my thoughts. Um, John Mulaney is, seems like the weirdest option for people to spark this conversation over, but also like the perfect guy. Because from my estimation, women especially have really latched on to John in a way that makes total sense to me, but also no sense at all. My guess is that people find John to be unassuming, almost like a Cory Monteith type, where he's got that dark background of the addiction issues, but he presents himself as somebody who was so evolved and like he got past his demons and things are fine and he's able to be open and have humor about that. And that is, as we all know, extreme like any sign of vulnerability out of a man especially when it seems like he came out of it is just like you know panty dropper we get we get it right he's also like cute but he could have definitely been the guy that you thought was kind of funny in college or high school and then you go back to the reunion and you're like oh wow he's like really actually a cool guy right so i think that's why people find such a fondness for him and they saw him and they were like, oh, he's got this girl or wife and they look like they're so in love with each other and they've got their French bulldog and oh my gosh. And then we find out that he relapsed, unfortunately, and he's going back to rehab and it's like, oh my gosh, God bless him for being so open and honest. Like it was shocking, but not shocking if you knew his history, right? So then he comes out of rehab and he finds himself betwixt the vagina of probably the worst person in Hollywood. <laughs> now, walk. I'll walk you through this, right? Olivia Munn is that girl. You know what I mean? She is capital T, capital G, that girl. She's that girl in Hollywood who's almost like Minka Kelly in the sense of what is she doing and where, how is she finding all these opportunities to bag these like A-list, top-tier seemingly out of her league celebrity wise dudes what does she do you know but where olivia kind of uh breaks off branches off on her own is that people also don't like her <laughs> like, like people don't understand Mika kelly because it's like what does she do but she's harmless quote unquote people just don't fuck with olivia munn and i'm one of them for sure i will admit that through and through she is, she started off her career as this sort of like the hot girl who loved Halo, the hot girl who knew video games, she knew about anime, and she was on that network with uh, whatever, like, just, she was a, that like unicorn, right, of the, the nerd quote unquote world. And then she starts to branch out into Hollywood, television, A-list stardom, movies, millions of dollars, blah, 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 things start to change, and she has a reputation as a bitch 
<laughs> frankly. <laughs> is that fair to her? I don't know. I mean, only time will tell. But the rumors are pretty consistent and have been pretty much since before she even got to the level of fame that she was uh, that she finds herself in now. So because of that, all the John Mulaney fans are just wildly upset. How could you leave this woman, especially when it was very clear by her statement of announcing the divorce that she was not the one who wanted to leave this relationship? Then it comes out that the timeline of him getting with Olivia and breaking up with his wife is murky at best. And, you know, it's just like probably every woman's nightmare to be like, damn, her? Like, it didn't have to be her, <laughs> of all people. So this sparks all this conversation about, like, what does John Mulaney owe any of us? And by us, I mean, y'all, because I wasn't really in it. I was watching, but I, you know. Um, and, you know, what is our relationship with c- celebrity? It, it is an interesting conversation, but it's it, more interesting to me that it happened with him. Like, he was the one, right? So anyway... Let's go to what is happening now and what was happening then. So I want to go back to John announcing that he uh, and Olivia were together and expecting a child. So he went on uh, Late Night with Seth Meyers, gosh, what, September, just a couple months ago. And he says, you know, we're having, he's had a challenging time. And he tells Seth, I got into this relationship that's been really beautiful with somebody incredible who has dealt with the non-coked up Bambi version of me. And that's been very incredible. And she's kind of held my hand through that hell and we're having a baby together. She got to date me right out of recovery, which is what they call a a reverse catch. And then he goes on to say, Olivia and this baby have helped save me from myself in this early journey out of recovery, which to me is <laughs> not something I personally would want to hear if I were Olivia. It seems like a really unhealthy thing to say when you're fresh out of rehab and, you know, just divorced your wife. I would say huge red flag, but girl, you were already pregnant, so sorry. Um, anyway, what, a few days ago, <laughs> some random dude on TikTok, sweaty, And he admits, sick man, an actual literal sick man. He says, I'm sick and I'm sweating because I'm sick. Gets on TikTok and says, well, by now y'all have heard it, that he says it's very objectively funny that uh, John and Olivia broke up and he hopes that he was the one who broke the news. Turns out he was the one who broke the news. (laughs) Twitter went wild. And, you know, it's like when there's one tweet or one tiktok or one social media post that somebody is like oh my gosh x happened this big rumor is out like you know you have to call bullshit on it but then um turns out it's true and i just want to know how did he know how did he know so anyway us weekly comes out with an article on saturday and it is very telling in my opinion always got to read between the lines you guys because I know from a good celebrity breakup, you always read between the lines. And this one is not even so much of a read between the lines situation. It's pretty apparent. You don't really have to dig that deep. So uh, Us Weekly 
has an exclusive saying the headline is John Mulaney and Olivia Munn's romance faces quote uncertainty amid pregnancy. It's a quote imperfect relationship. They say this has been an imperfect relationship from the start. The whirlwind relationship has 41 year old Munn's inner circle concerned that this romance might be over as fast as it started. Even though Olivia is going to be a wonderful mother and has great support behind her, Olivia's friends just don't see these two being a couple in a year's time. (laughs) Their loved ones believe the new couple will absolutely make great parents to their little bundle of joy, but nobody knows yet if they're going to do that together or apart. Olivia and John have to still decide what kind of future they're going to have together, if any. It's a time of uncertainty for both of them. They're a long way from deciding and locking in what their relationship is going to be moving forward. Now, this, to me, sounds like Olivia's team trying to get ahead of the story. It sounds like uh, very much like uh, they're hinting at some discord on John's behalf. It sounds like they are painting this as though she may have been the victim and it does say it's an imperfect relationship but to say like even though she's going to be a wonderful mother and her inner circle is concerned it's just very telling to me there's really not like a whole lot that paints john in a positive light other than them saying that he's they'll be great co-parents so um, I'm ready for the mess. If you guys want to, um, if you guys, any of you happen to be following John's ex-wife and she does any subtweets, uh, a la Shannon Mochler, please send them my way. I'm very much interested now. I'm invested and I want it all of the mess and prayers up to that baby because <laughs> Lord knows they're going to need it. All right, guys, the rest of the episode is going to be my conversation with my friend Anastasia about the unfortunate conclusion of the Gabby Petito story. So uh, I guess I will check you guys a little bit later. Thank you guys so much for listening. Thank me for speaking. Love you. Bye. All right, guys, we are back with part two and unfortunately sad wrapping up to this whole Gabby Petito story that I talked about just about a month ago. Joined with me once again is Anastasia. Hello. Hi. Can't believe I'm back already. Yeah. Thank you so much for coming back. I I wish we had um, been able to come back. I mean, you were never going to come back ever under better circumstances, but, (laughs) you know, better than this would have been ideal, you know? Um, So where did we leave off? We left off on like a fairly big week. Um, Right before this was, gosh, right around the time that Gabby's death was officially ruled a homicide and also that same week uh brian was officially indicted or whatever by charge he was issued a federal arrest warrant by the u.s district court of wyoming for um his use of unauthorized devices with regard to gabby so he charged like over a thousand dollars on a couple uh, debit cards used her pin number and unfortunately that's about as tough as the punishment is ever going to get for him yeah so it's weird because when you and I left off it was like right at when they found her body and that happened and then I think like two days later we like messaged each other and we're like dog the bounty hunter just showed up at the house oh my god and that's like when this whole case like I thought it was weird 
went weirder and then just truly ended it, it, it like peaked weird and then just fell yeah exactly gosh the dog gosh the dog the bounty hunter era of this story has it feels like so long ago <laughs> just the absolute so long. so long ago and yet it's not long ago at all um yeah that really i mean this man like limping up to that house and like posing for the pictures just like ready for the camera and then when people asked him why he was there he's like come on guys like you know like i'm dog like you guys know i'm here and then just these his daughter acting as some sort of uh, spokesperson for him just constantly tweeting out a bunch of bullshit the people who were pro Oh, okay. It is 2021. I will never, never understand a pro dog the bounty hunter person. And people were like, oh, like, I trust dog the bounty hunter more than I trust the FBI. And I was like, one, I don't trust either of them. Two, like, you're nuts. (laughs) Truly. Like, first of all, this is not a a race to find who trusts who more. Um, Secondly, (laughs) uh, sir, please get out of the sun. I'm he is like just minutes away from skin cancer it's truly amazing um he what was that (laughs) That like really what was that so like what was weird about it was he did publicly break information that was already privately known if that makes sense basically he like started reporting that i have credible leads that the laundry family went on a camping trip from September 6th to 8th, which was after he had returned with Gabby's car. And that he told everyone that three people entered and two people left. And it was Fort DeSoto, which is like an hour away from Northport. Um, And it was a two day camping trip. And it lined up because a neighbor had like told the news, oh, they went camping. Um, and they came back and that, and then like Brian pretty much disappeared immediately after that. So people were like, oh, did they take him to Fort DeSoto and like release him before the cops got him? And like, that's where he's on the run from. And so we got like two weeks of being terrorized by Dog the Bounty Hunter, where he was like galloping around Fort DeSoto. And his biggest proof that he gave us was he found a... A monster energy drink <laughs> and two pairs of flip-flops and a pair of gas station sunglasses on the beach in Fort DeSoto and was like, this can only be Brian Laundries. The can is still fresh. There's no <laughs> rust. It's Brian Laundries. And it's like, you're in Florida. Like, yeah, that it's could everyone. be everyone. That could be yeah. you, dog. Let's be real. <laughs> so, like, did your like, bag break? You didn't <laughs> drop it and forget it? Like, let's be real, sir. Um, yeah, he did out a lot of a, a few things that we um didn't previously know and this was my main concern is like what is he going to tell what is he going to say that he shouldn't be saying what mm-hmm. you know cuz we're all operating under the assumption that Brian could very much still be alive and listening to this which would be which would have been a huge problem well and i know like my opinion too was heaven forbid like he does find a legitimate lead because like Dog the Bounty Hunter is solving this. Like, I would have killed myself. I guess it's not a funny joke, but, um, like, that's it. I'm done. Um, right. But if he found, like, a legitimate leader, found Brian, and then somehow fucked up the investigation, and Brian got off on a technicality. 
Right. Yeah. I like, mean, there was a huge risk of that happening. And especially because in Florida, you can't be a bounty hunter in Florida. Like that's the one law Florida has, I guess, is no bounty right. hunting. Right. Like what, there was nothing he really would have been able to do other than like. People were like, he could citizen arrest. And I'm like, citizen arrests are like kind of bullshit. And like a one way ticket to an assault charge. Seriously. Seriously. <laughs> like, he knows better and he's you know got some charges himself so he really knows like there's only so much that that doggert can do so he yeah he what a wild wild journey with that gentleman that that ended him like breaking his ankle or something well so first he got served with a lawsuit while searching for brian he got served from his show that got canceled for like breach of contract and homophobic slurs and racism and like <laughs> unsafe working conditions I guess um oh, and then broke his ankle the next day and it was like mm, convenient but now his daughter is saying oh we stopped the hunt because we've known he's dead for a while and I'm like no you didn't no you girl, didn't girl no. come on come no. on and he oh, my. show he had like Honestly. a show about like finding Brian Laundrie and yeah. like people were gonna sign on to it. So like it was all for that. Like there was no don't apply like a nice, like he just really cares. And I I saw like the one excuse was like he lost a daughter young and so he knows what it feels like. And it's like right. yeah, that's really sad. But like she died driving a getaway car with that because she had used stolen credit cards. Right. And she'd stolen the car. So it was like not the same to what the petitos are going through. Exactly. Not that, like his daughter deserved to die but it's like let's not put this on yeah it's a little bit of a false equivalency here um so yeah the fact that he like literally was just like oh my ankle bye guys and that was it like like, truly he was like oh my god like really help us all we are living in end times and i hope we all know that i really do um so then things were pretty much cold for a couple weeks. There really wasn't a whole lot going on. The authorities, the FBI, would keep searching the park, um, but it was largely flooded. Um, and we just got like little trickles of information between those couple weeks. Like, gosh, just yeah. only in the past. Go ahead. Oh, it was like funny because like someone would like text the lawyer and the lawyer would be like, no comment. And then they'd be like, are you sure? And then the lawyer would be like, well, actually, and like right. drop something. And it's like, oh, okay. Um, they had like a couple like false sightings of him. We had someone in North Carolina who declared very proudly, I'm an engineer. So I know what I saw. Um, yeah. Claim that Brian like pulled over and asked for directions to California on the Appalachian Trail. There was this like poor guy that was hiking the Appalachian Trail and the hotel he was staying at reported him and mm. they like like the marshals like sw- like broke into his hotel room and like cuffed him and fingerprinted him and Kicked the door down and did he only just get like a, a free night they gave at him the a free night and like a breakfast buffet <laughs> thank you here are some overcooked eggs sorry for your troubles um yeah. why then there was that other guy that they found on a surveillance camera driving or right uh riding a bike 
pretty um, clumsily, I would say. I would say, like, of all of the quote-unquote sightings, yeah. that would be the one that made the most sense because why? <laughs> and why did he drop that that bike off? But, yeah, well, there are just a lot of false identifications, and I feel bad for those guys. Yeah, the bike sighting was kind of funny because it was, like, their backpack looked really heavy. Like, I think that was part of the issue. And now, in retrospect, it's like, oh, I think that was, like, a teenager, like, with, like, a backpack of beer like trying to bicycle to a party sure certainly lord a party (laughs) yeah it looked really awkward and really just very strange um then we find out on october 12th the official um not cause of death but the manner of death of gabby potato being strangulation which I don't want to say like, oh, I assume, I like knew that that's what it was going to be. But something in my gut told me that it was probably that. And I don't know why. And I'm certainly not giving myself a pat on the back for being correct about that. But just to find out that that's what happened in her last moments is just like so vile and disgusting. Knowing how long it takes to actually kill somebody is something I didn't know because I figured it was like 30 seconds and no, that's not the case. It's like, you can go unconscious pretty quickly, but it takes several minutes to actually kill somebody from strangulation, which is highly intentional, extremely violent. Uh, I know, just- I know like in some States, I don't know if it's in Wyoming or in the federal courts, but in some States, because of how long it takes, it moves to premeditation because you have so much time to stop and you don't. As it should. Yeah, I agree. That's, it it should be that way because it, yeah, you're right. It's just so much time to think about your decision and you're continuing to make it and And looking at them. You're looking right at them. And yeah, I think they went even specifically to say throttling. So it was like a face-to-face strangulation Mm -hmm. as opposed to if you were to like have put her in a headlock from behind or something like that. Just to just like, don't think about it, but think about it. Just how, I mean, it's like of all the ways to murder somebody, that's, that's deep. That's like real deep. Yeah, and I know, um, <clears throat> like, we, the manner of death wasn't something that, like, could be released to us. Like, it's completely optional for that information to be released and for the family to choose to release it. Um, and so I understood why they released it, just so that there was more information coming out. But I still I feel awful for her parents to have that knowledge. And I know your gut instinct was probably right on it because statistics, I think there's like a really famous domestic violence stat about how if he puts his hand on your throat or chin, which we know he did in the yeah. divest- the, the, the video, it's like the rate of him like strangling you to death, like goes up significantly. Yeah. yeah. So it's, it's like, this is really, really sad. Um, the only, also, like, go ahead. Also like silenced like this weird group of like, Brian apologist that existed on the internet who was like maybe it was an accident and they still kind of clung that after they found her body because like when it first came out like I was like yeah that's like very possible that he ran but like as the case went on it was like this is not a possibility you you know like Mm -hmm. yeah he was then told like when the cops finally showed up and everything like through his lawyer like I think we would have seen a lot more cooperation 
I, yeah, if it was complete, an accident. It's a, a chance that he could have like gotten off on some sort of like crime of passion or something. I think he would have tried to go for that. Um, also, what was revealed during that uh, press conference about the manner of death was that she had Gabby had been dead about three to four weeks before her body was discovered which would have put her timeline where everybody thought that she had passed away about late august so like august 27th through the 30th um and then those charges that uh that uh brian made on her credit card was from the 30th august 30th and september 1st so yeah um, and her phone was last on september 1st right i think was the other thing we had found out from that Right, the same day that Brian went back home or arrived in Florida from from the trip. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. As we all know... When it comes to everyone's business, I like to mention it all, but when it comes to mine, I like to keep things a little bit closer to the chest. But that method doesn't always work when it comes to your mental health, and we all need a way to purge and get it out. Therapy is a safe space to do that and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down by learning positive coping skills and all the tools you need to help you be the best version of yourself. BetterHelp is entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. So you can just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. So get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash everyone's business today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash everyone's business. So, gosh, it's, you know, like I said, slow going, slow drips. The, as time goes on, the park is slowly draining of water and it's drying out. And then just like a few days ago, we find uh, skeletal remains and a belongings belonging to brian a notebook a dry pack a backpack um and yeah it's the interesting thing i guess the quote-unquote salacious thing is that these items were found or some of the items were found by brian's parents um they had previously told the authorities that he you know, the, the spots that he liked to hike on, his frequently visited 
locations in the park and yeah just very interesting i'm not gonna like say anything was weird about it but it is very coincidental that they were the ones who found this stuff well and you know i was thinking because i don't know if you've been following it but today um the park is still open and those MAGA protesters who have been in front of their house like went to the park and claimed to have found other items of Brian's like a water bottle and things like that and Mm -hmm. I wonder if the reason his parents like went to the park the first day to open to public was to prevent like someone like them finding the body because like imagine if like a random hiker had found the body right it was like it was it was like 20 yards off a trail Yeah, it was really, really close. How they found it was uh, interesting because, like like you said, the park had to open that day. The family had decided to come. According to the lawyer, he, they had expressed their interest in wanting to go and check out the park. So he called the authorities and said, hey, the parents are coming. Just want to let you know. And so at that point, the police said, okay, we're going to work in conjunction with you. So the parents go out and look and the police are kind of far behind them. And then there's also media following the family, the parents. Mm -hmm. Uh, The dad finds a dry bag, but he doesn't want the media to see it or get it. So he ends up picking up the bag and then giving it back to the authorities. So that's how all that was found. A few days later, they confirmed that the remains were Brian. Um, it doesn't seem like they found a whole lot of him uh, because they had to verify via dental records. Yeah, I think it was, they said it was like his, like part of his skull. This is like very dark. It was like part of his skull is what they found. Yeah. What's crazy was that it was skeletized already. Um I now know way too much about body decomp, and I won't right. go into <laughs> detail on that. But um, basically, in warm tropical waters, like you have in Florida, and like swamp waters, where there are like crabs and fish, and then also like gators and like wild boar, it's like very common for a body to go be a skeleton within a few days to weeks. Like it, like just speeds up the process. Right, right. And that's, you know, hopefully they have found enough to figure out what he did. I would imagine, and like, this is so dark, but I imagine like if he shot himself, it would be pretty obvious. There would be something like powders, the way the fragments were, like something would indicate a gunshot. I would imagine that would be pretty easy. Um, But I, I mean, only time will tell. They were trying to figure out the cause of death but they hadn't been able to as of now it's inconclusive so we'll see but one thing i wanted to talk about is my disappointment to put it the least in the police department like they're gonna have to have a total overhaul with their entire Mm -hmm. department they well so bad in my opinion so bad and, and, like, they're kind of, like, still fucking it up, to be honest. Like, I can't believe they yeah. only found his body on, I think they confirmed the body on Thursday. And, like, the park is open to the public. And, like, like I said, like, people are claiming to find things. And, like, it's very possible, apparently, that water bottle belonged to Gabby. So, it's mm-hmm. like, okay, so there's other stuff in the park. Like, maybe we should close that section down. Yeah. Um, and then it came out 
like now that Brian is confirmed dead, like his lawyer is talking more. And it came out that like they actually had reported him missing the night of the 13th. So we all had thought he had been reported missing the 17th and that there was like a four day window where the family just like was letting him run. And now we find out that they had told the FBI on the 13th that he didn't come back from a hike. And then on the 16th was when enemy of the people, Josh Taylor, like stood in front of the camera and was like, we know exactly where he is. And Mm -hmm. they called the parents and were like, we have a sighting of him in Tampa. And the parents were like, oh my God, that's so great. Because we haven't seen him in four days. So you guys know where he is. So he's alive because he left under really weird circumstances. And we thought he was going to kill himself. And the police were like, oh, wait, what? He's gone? Yeah. It it seems like a huge miscommunication between the FBI and the police department that like the Northport knew or like the FBI knew, but then they figured the family figured and Steven Bertolino figured that if one of them knew, then the both of them had been working in tandem with each other. And then we find out that is not the case at all. So it's like one of them thought they were doing this and the other thought they were doing that. And then in this span of time, chaos like well yeah what could have happened or what could have been saved right and the park flooded on the 15th because the dad went and searched for him on the 13th and i think on the 14th he said the park flooded on the 15th and like stayed flooded i think they said at some point like 75 percent of the park was under like water and it was like up to chest deep like swamp water in some places and so October 17th, the dad had gone with the police to search the park, but where Brian was found, they couldn't access it still. Um, right. And I think the dogs had hit on that area previously, but they couldn't send in divers or the dogs further because there was like gator sightings as well, which mm-hmm. kind of makes sense now. Um, yeah. And so they like, that was just like the last place they were going to have on their list to search. I'm just, like, amazed that, like, like, did the FBI just, like, not trust the Northport police? But it's weird because, like, the FBI were in the background letting Northport, like, take control of this until Josh Taylor came out and said they knew where he was and then had to backtrack that. And that's when, like, the FBI really stepped in. Um, So I guess, like, this was just all of the shadiness and weirdness, not all of it, but, like, a huge majority of it, like, came down to police incompetence unless the parents like I still think like the parents were shitty for not answering any of the Petito's phone calls when they were calling looking for Gabby um I go back and forth of if the parents like should have made like a nicer statement like part of me is like like you should because you're humans and like you knew Gabby and part of me is like the Petito's don't want your words anyways like they're empty um yeah but then, you so, know, there's also the court of public opinion. And it's like, gosh, right. you could have displayed some sort of empathy for the uh, ch- the fact that this is a human, a human that you knew, a human that yeah. you took into home and lived with and had relationships with and, you know, was part of your family. It just yeah. like, gosh, it just seems so callous to not say anything and to not even to want to be any help to them. Like, a lot of things can be answered, but that is something that they're never going to be able to explain away. Not to me anyway. No, I completely agree. And I think it's kind of crazy that, um, like they didn't consider that. Like, so 
like their lawyer basically said he was like I had told them to talk to no one and they took like they're he's like they're my first clients that ever took it like seriously like they even didn't talk to Brian's sister like Cassie gave interviews and was like they won't tell me anything I've completely cut off and now it's like because they didn't want her to like get wrapped up into this and like she ended up and I, I feel awful for her like protesters have been like outside of her house too and she has little kids and it's like not fair to her but like they like locked down and I think to a detriment because now that everything's wrapped up for the most part like they have to like regain the public's trust if that makes sense and so there's all like there there's all these weird conspiracies still around this case that shouldn't be there but they're there because people still don't trust the parents yeah yeah and And, that's the cross to bear for the rest of the life and what I don't understand is, so if you knew that you told the FBI on the 13th and then all of this is happening and you know that the public is like they gave him a four day head start, why did no one come out to correct that? Yeah, why, why did, did no this come not out? come out until after he was found? It's very strange. And part of me is like, I guess the FBI was like holding things close to their chest because a lot of people were like, why are they still searching the reserve? Like, this is ridiculous. You need to look elsewhere. And now we know it's because, like, they were 99% sure he was there. Um, And it's crazy because if it hadn't rained when it did and for how much that it did, this would have been solved by the time time you and I recorded our podcast episode. Oh, for sure. For sure. Yeah, they would have known. They would have been known. And none of that would have happened, you know? Like, Like, even those days if it hadn't flooded, like somebody probably would have happened upon mm-hmm. him. Cause he wasn't that far in, you know? Yeah. I think they said he was like 900 yards from where he had parked the Mustang. So yeah, he was like not- right by the entrance. Like, so it's, it's, it's really sad. And I, I'm curious about what happens now between Cassie and the parents, because it, yeah. they shut her out like you said and it's i like like you said like i feel for her because she found herself in the situation of being like coming off sketchy too because of that trip that they went on on yeah. september 6th because oh, she was on, yeah because she was on the camp trip because she yeah she was there with her kids and she uh said that you know he they ate s'mores and just were like happy family she had no idea that any of this was going on and you could tell that she was I mean it's I can't imagine being in her position being ousted from your family not knowing where your brother is he's the face of this like complete international intrigue and you can't even talk to your parents like, your parents won't even talk to you about what's going on that's it's really sad it, it's I, I can't even imagine it and then I imagine like her hindsight must have been on a thousand. Yeah. Of like, well, what, what can I think about? What can I remember? What's yeah, going then, on? She has very young kids. So it's like, how do you explain? Like, they know Gabby. They called her Aunt Gabby. Gabby sent them postcards. So how do you explain now everything that happened? And, yeah. and on top of that, like, there's people in your front yard screaming about their uncle. And they don't, right. and it's like, this need to, like, protect your children as well. Like, how do you handle because she, like, the reason she basically gave interviews, the two interviews was to be like, if I give these interviews, will you guys finally leave us alone? Um, and then, like, 
for Gabby's family, like I'm completely heartbroken for them. I know compared to him getting off on a technicality, this is a good turnout in that aspect for them. But there's so many unanswered questions that they're not going to get. They're never going to see him really show any remorse or any punishment for what he did to her. Yeah. And to know that like, days were spent like just acting like nothing was wrong. And then just like, it, <laughs> the weird thing to me that the lawyer said is that he, Brian was upset on the 13th before he left, but it's like, what was his demeanor all that time leading up to it? Cause that's, we're talking a couple weeks of him being at home. Like, what were you doing? <laughs> Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Like, so I have to wonder if when he came home, he really thought he was going to get away with it. Yeah. Like, like, I think he had like a week or so where he was like, all right, like, cool. Like, I'm going to get away with this. And then on the 11th, it blows up and TikTok discovers it. And I think that's when like the walls started to just like cave in on the situation for him. And it was like, they're going to find her body because yeah, without that YouTube video or that dash cam footage, like they probably wouldn't have found her for a very long time. And, right. and so like, he had all this time to basically like get away with it until then it became like the news story. Um, but the other depressing thought is, so we've been talking about this case since about the 11th or 12th and, they both have been dead the whole time it's been news. Yeah. Yeah. That's wild. <laughs> that's truly wild. Um, yeah. Wow. That's really profound. <laughs> Jeez. Uh, yeah. That's, that's really, really, really wild. And I just, the mind is such a terrifying thing at times. Like the, mm -hmm. the fact that he was able to just like leave compartmentalize like i'm sure like you're saying like there was had to have been most or all of him who thought that he was going to get away with it and just the way that you would be able to just keep that away and and shut that off and enjoy oh God, yeah. and continue is just it's frightening and to like go camping and hang out with your family and like and for them to not think anything was suspicious yeah 
at some part I could like understand the first couple days him being like we broke up she's with Rose in like yeah he had yeah like I took the van she's flying back whatever but it's like as the parents calls are like getting more frequent and more like scared yeah how does that story hold up like it it doesn't and so I would I would love to know when did the parents hire the lawyer he says that it was the 11th after um Gary was reporting missing and the police showed up um doing like that welfare check um yeah but then he kind of flipped and said that there had been conversations prior to that but he didn't talk about it which is could be explained away by attorney client privilege but also it's like if it wasn't about gabby then why don't you just say that it had nothing to do with her right right exactly and then so why didn't the parents answer the phone because i know the lawyer said it's because i told them to talk to no one but like what about the other days and i guess like my true question is like when was the first day his parents contact her parents contacted his because yeah they've said We've gotten a couple different dates. Like her mom said that like it was the tenth that she called them, but then they also said that like the dad incorrectly said that they had texted the sister, and the sister was like they never contacted me. Like I would have replied, and then the dad was like actually, no, she's right. We didn't contact her, which I think in that case they had the wrong number. Mm-hmm. Um, and because the dad, like Gabby's dad, apologized to Cassie for that and was like, we're so sorry you got because that's why she got like really dragged into it. Yeah. Um. But like, so what was the first day they con- the parents got contacted and like, what was Gabby's parents saying? What was Brian telling his parents? When was the lawyer hired? And then like, did the parents know Gabby was dead? Like, and like, when did they find that out? Like at one point did they figure or find that out? Right. Yeah. I would be very curious to know, like if just, and now that they don't owe us anything but like i would just be very curious to know like you said when did they first start contacting brian and the parents because that tells me everything i need to know at that point and that's bad yeah Uh, my money i gotta be honest i think in six months they're gonna go on dr phil oh yeah they're in tight with with philip mcgraw i'll tell you that right now i i think (laughs) we're gonna get like a laundry's tell all on dr phil like once it's like fully wrapped up and they know they're not going to face any charges which i really don't think they're going to face any charges um and once we know i know people think like gabby's family might file a civil lawsuit um i personally don't think gabby's parents will just i think they should against the northport police in my humble opinion um Mm -hmm. but i don't think they're going to file anything against the laundries because i don't think there's any money from brian's estate to get like it's yeah. gonna cost them more and i more don't think anything's gonna hold up against the parents right unfortunately there's really no being an asshole and a dick like isn't technically like against the law right do you know what i mean like, yeah it's like one of those things where it's like again like legally like they didn't have to say anything to those parents they didn't have to they really they don't even have to like if they knew gabby was dead they had no legal obligation to tell the cops which is like mind-blowing to me morally morally, like that's an asshole move to like see her parents on the news and know and know it's just or to even think to even be suspicious is like that's 
Yeah, yeah. And to have even, because after a couple days, that had to have sunk in. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I know, like, we don't want to think the worst of our children. But, I mean, in a situation like that, you're not really given a whole lot of choices. (laughs) Like, the, the writing's on the wall to me. But... I I really feel for the Petito Schmidt family. They, after the remains were confirmed, they were just like, you know, we're focused on healing. We'll say mm-hmm. something when we're emotionally ready. I I really commend and applaud them and how they've acted this whole time. The, mm-hmm. I'm gonna leave a description in the a link in the episode description to the Gabby Petito Foundation. I just like their strength is incredible. The fact that they are taking their tragedy and, and hopefully using it to help out other people is amazing. You know, there are good things that have come out of this. You can say there have been five missing people that have been found because of this case. That's Mm -hmm. five families who are going to get to have answers or, or closure, you know, with regard to their loved ones. And, you know, it's, it's a tragic thing, but, only good can come from it now and i'm i'm looking forward to seeing what happens from that i know they started a scholarship like the first thing that the foundation did is established a scholarship at her high school for anyone pursuing a arts degree like a visual or performing arts degree and so they're setting that up right now so i think that's really a nice way um they did help that there was a missing man in the same national park and like all of the tips around Gabby ended up finding him. And I know his family has like publicly come out that how grateful they are for that. Um, right. I don't think um, we're, we've seen the last of them, but I do think they deserve now that everything's wrapped up to take some time to really like process everything. And I will say this, I am beyond impressed by her parents being divorced and remarried and how the four of them have been able to be such a united front. Yeah. Like, um, they all went and got like matching tattoos to Gabby, mm-hmm. like together. They've like, they like when Gabby's um, body was found, like the stepdad volunteered to go identify her so that her biological parents wouldn't have to go through that. Right. Um, like, I think like you're just seeing like so much like adultness from them, which is so a stark nice. contrast. Yeah. they're really like I mean the grace under fire is just like absolutely incredible I mean I would be so petty I would have been showing my my ass this entire time (laughs) like I would have I'd be in jail right now I I know this to be true like I would not be able to control myself so yeah shout out to them because they're just like grace personified people were like sending flowers to the petito's house being or to the laundry house being like where's gabby and yeah, like, I know it was strangers, but like, it would have been me. It like, I would have, like, all the weird like pizza deliveries. Like, it would have been like anything yeah. to just like, yeah. I would have like paid her neighbors to put pictures, like big ass pictures of her face, so that mm-hmm. when they left their neighborhood, they would have to see her face. Uh, it it would have been, like, I would have thought of so many things. So. Um, yeah, I, I just can't believe their strength. Do we have any final thoughts other than like, fuck, fuck Brian? Yeah, you know, it sucks. He's now destroyed his own family, Gabby's family, Gabby's life. You know, it's like really shitty. He like just 
you know, just, it was a lot of tragedy that followed him. And there is part of me that feels bad for Brian's parents because they've now lost a child and have, now we know that like a lot of the issues people had with them, like wasn't really their fault. Um, so that must suck. But at the same time, like at the end of the day, like Gabby's parents are who I feel the worst for. And yeah. I hope, you know, I just hope they find some peace and closure in all of this. And I know closure is bullshit, but like, I hope they find something in this and yeah, I hope they get, even if it's privately, like a lovely apology from the laundries. They won't, but I hope they do. Yeah, I agree. Somewhere down the line, I hope they find all the peace that they deserve. Um, well, thank you for talking about this again. Yeah. I've got now two IOU coupons for you. Your name on <laughs> talk about something nice and pleasant and inconsequential so um you know next time I find something you'll be the first one on the list (laughs) thank you thanks for having me on and I hope everyone has a nice day yeah have a good night girl all right bye